Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Well, now a power crunch in some parts of China has shut down factories and left some households without electricity. Europe is running short on electricity. Many parts of the world right now are scrambling to secure energy supplies ahead of the winter. Well, it seems to be almost like a perfect storm of things. There's a lot of different factors happening at once. A perfect storm of surging demand and short supply means... There are fears the power shortage in China could become prolonged as the demand for coal and natural gas surges during the winter. People are expecting a bad winter in Asia in particular. China relies a lot on coal and prices for coal there are really surging. They're struggling with power supplies shortages. Prices have doubled. There's a real uh, effort to secure natural gas in Asia as well. This is being complicated by the fact that Europe is also trying to get uh, liquefied natural gas delivered. Can Europe keep the lights on? Ireland is warned of possible blackouts. Russia's had some supply problems. They had a big plant that uh, went down this summer. It's frankly, it's a pretty new development on the international scene. 20 years ago, there was not this level of interconnectedness in the natural gas markets. This is Politico Energy. I'm Carlos Prieto. Natural gas inventories are depleting, prices are skyrocketing, markets are nervous, and winter is coming. As the winter approaches, a worldwide fuel shortage has thrown the world's biggest economies into a battle to shore up access for residents and industries. Power shortages are, are, are still on, ongoing. Uh, I think we've got a count of 20 provinces uh, where there are electricity curbs. Today, Politico's Matt Daly on why many countries are in an energy scramble and the stakes ahead of the UN's climate summit. It's Monday, October 4th. So is this partly caused by the fact that everyone saw natural gas as a transition energy and really pivoted to that and, and try to you know stay away from coal, from oil, and we rely too heavily on, on natural gas? Is that part of what's happening? Yeah, that's part of it. And, and natural gas prices can be a, a fairly volatile. The fact is, is that you've got a lot of coal being closed in industrialized countries. The U.S. relies more on natural gas than it did in the past. Natural gas is the number one supplier for for the power industry. And then that doesn't even include what it's being used for in home heating and things like that. This is why often you hear energy experts say, we need fuel diversification. That sort of eases the pressure on any one source. The EU and the U.K. are also going through their own crisis in terms of pricing and everything. And being the climate change policy, quote-unquote, leaders of the world, I wonder if, if is there a flaw in how much they've been assuming they could count on renewables or is it just that they were also caught, um, you know, with the, with their pants down um, at a time when natural gas it turns, is turning out not to be um, available and, and able to supply what, what's going to be a rough winter? Yeah, a little of both there, really. I mean, the fact is, is that the renewables do help them a lot, but you do need a balancing source in there. Again, that diversity. Have their climate policies caused this? It's probably a contributing factor, but is it a determining factor? No. Mm. The biggest factor really is that Europe is a is a is an energy taker. Right. So in Europe, and we're we're going to move to China at some point. Um, but in Europe, um, I remember the Trump administration spent a lot of time selling LNG or selling the idea of LNG and. Um, terminals and and especially fighting against Nord Stream 2 and, and more Russian dependence. 
Is this proving them right? Would it help if, if there were a tighter network between American LNG and Europe uh, terminals and, and buyers? The idea that U.S. LNG is going to offset Russian gas is just not true. Okay. The U.S. can play a role in there. The U.S. can supply gas around the margins and can can really help ease some tightness. But Russia is going to be the, the major player in there. Europe will take what it can get. So for them, you know, this is another reason to increase the homegrown renewables. Right, right. China is, is I think, one of the largest consumers of coal. Are they, are they having an issue with accessing it? Um, I know that they made a pledge uh, at the General Assembly that they were going to stop their coal developments overseas. They didn't say anything about home. Uh, I wonder if they're having an issue with that uh, at this point. There's still a lot of coal that's uh, set to be built inside China. Um, it's both for power production and for industrial use. With the pandemic, everyone sort of saw these markets crater as economic activity cratered. And now it's bouncing back, and that's catching people on their heels a little bit. Any kind of overshot on the on the consumption side is really going to impact them. And then they go scrambling looking for power. These are things that keep the economies running. If China's trying to keep its economy moving so it can keep the population fed, it can keep feeding jobs, and it can keep its growth going, that all requires energy. And that is, and because they're such a huge consumer, that ripples way outside of China. Climate policies are probably going to be the scapegoat of what's going on right now. It's easy to see how, if anyone wants to pin the blame on it, you know, they could. And we have a pretty big summit happening in a month and a half, I think. Um, how could this impact COP26 and the, the goal to continue? you know, promoting uh, divesting from fossil fuels, which we're going to need this winter specifically <laughs> to, to keep lights on. What you'll see at the upcoming climate conference in Glasgow is increasing calls to get off of fossil fuels and to push renewables, to use green stimulus coming out of the pandemic to really drive this energy transition. But at the same time, there's a lot of people in, in these governments. They may not be in Glasgow themselves, but they'll be in capitals back home saying that they've got a real problem in making sure that they're getting the energy need, their economies need. And I don't think that there's a real split between the green community, which is trying to, to really push the envelope, to, to push these ministers to come up with ever more aggressive climate targets, because we know just how bad climate change is going to be. There's a real effort to, to take those targets and supercharge them. Also, on Thursday, the Senate finally accepted President Biden's nominee to the Bureau of Land Management. After a very rocky path through the Senate, Tracy Stone Manning was confirmed in a 50-45 to 45 vote, where no Republican voted in favor. Remember that many of these GOP senators had labeled Stone Manning as a, quote, eco-terrorist given her connection to an incident over 30 years ago, where she was never charged with a crime. In her portfolio, Stone Manning led Montana's Department of Environmental Quality and as an aide to Senator John Tester and Governor Steve Bullock. Now, as the leader of the BLM, she will oversee a tenth of the country's public lands and a third of America's mineral deposits. If you want more news on energy and the environment in your inbox, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. 
And in case you haven't already, remember to go to politico.com slash podsurvey to tell us what you love and what you would love to change about Politico Energy and other Politico podcasts that you enjoy. I want to continue making shows you like and to make this particular show serve you better. But I need to know what that sounds like. So one more time, politico.com slash pod survey. I'm Carlos Prieto, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.